Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome in. It's the first day of March, if you can believe it, uh, in like a little bit of a lion this morning uh, with the wind and the snow and the and a little bit of sleet as we were coming into work. And now it looks like a lot of that has cleared out of here. The roads are still a little wet. Uh, if there's any traffic problems, as you've heard, Sue, we'll have that covered for you here in just a couple of minutes. Um, a, a somber day in the state of Missouri as we've lost another member of law enforcement and a court uh, employee over in Independence, Missouri, this morning. Been trying to cover that story. They have released the name of a Cody Allen, who is the Independence police officer, shot while trying to serve or help somebody serve an eviction notice is how this happened. And um, Drexel Mack is the court process server who also uh, lost his life yesterday. Um, officer Allen, 35 years old. Had been with IPD for about two years, survived by his wife and two young children. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, everybody in law enforcement because they face those challenges on a daily basis. And thank uh, all of you for for what you do and putting it on the line for us, for sure. Coming up, we're going to have – got Wiggins America at the bottom of the hour. Anxious to uh, hear Ryan's take on maybe what happened at the border yesterday. we got What's on the Web coming up with Anna. We're going to talk a little bit about the – effort going on to raise money for just a, a fantastic uh, hospital uh, system in St. Jude's where they, they help uh, kids from all over the world who are in need of it. They're doing a little bit of a fundraiser today. We're going to talk to them a little later this hour. Plus, you heard Kim mention it earlier, Phil Cristofanelli, state rep, has got a bill that would maybe reimburse some of these counties if the criminal element moves in from somewhere else. We'll get his take on that at about 820. But first, I want to get to the shortlist. Please. The Mark Cox shortlist. Many of the elements. Many of the elements. We're here to listen. Yeah, that is the uh, that's the mayor down in Athens, Georgia, who who, where where, uh, Riley Lakin was murdered, trying to apologize for and not blame illegal aliens for her death. And uh, or immigration in this case, illegal immigration. And uh, they were shouting him down. The, the residents showed up at the news conference to shout the guy down. This is a Joe Biden invasion. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. 
No doubt about that. If you got two eyes and a brain, you can see that. Well, six million people have come across the southern border. That's equivalent to the state of Missouri's population or more. Uh, what do you do about that? Joe Biden didn't want to do anything. It's time to act. It's long past time to act in order to secure our border. Folks, it's time for us to move on this. We can't wait any longer. Hey, hey guess what, uh, Mr. President? Donald Trump acted on this three years ago, and you reversed all of his policies, which has put us in the situation that we find ourselves in today. Our new book, Out Tomorrow, is entitled White Rural Rage, The Threat to American Democracy. <laughs> Just so you know, it's it's a deplorable moment for the authors of this book. Mark, stop with your white rural rage. It, 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 it's what it is. I mean, I don't... I don't consider myself rural. I grew up in a in a in a fairly rural area. Maybe that's where it maybe that's where it comes you from. You can right? put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables: the racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. Yeah, you name it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You remember Hillary's famous deplorables comment? That's what these jokers have come up with. You you're actually not going. You might not have realized how much of a racist you are. If you are a rural voter, which means you don't live in a big population center, you live somewhere outside of probably St. Louis County, St. Louis City. You might live in Jeffco or or uh, in Franklin County, somewhere like that. Maybe maybe up in Lincoln County. You're a rural white voter. You're racist number one. You're homophobic, and you are the greatest threat to American. Democracy. Now, I would suggest all of the people I just described who live in those areas are would be voted most likely to have an American flag flying outside of their house. They would be most likely to go to meetings where they say the Pledge of Allegiance and everybody stands up and puts their hands on their heart. I would say this is the heart of America. The people who realize the American dream and what it means and the the sacrifices that have been made for America. But but not if you want to sell a book in an election year like this and you want to scare the living hell out of people who who um, are uh, about to go vote and who might vote for Donald Trump specifically. According to this guy, his name is Tom Shuler. He's one of the authors of this book called White Rural Rage. Effectively, you suck. They're the most racist, xenophobic, anti-immigrant, anti-gay, geodemographic group in the country. Second, they're the most conspiracist group. QAnon support and subscribers, election denialism, COVID denialism and scientific skepticism, Obama birtherism. Third, anti-democratic sentiments. This is this might be the funny of all the outrageous ones you just heard. This might be the funniest one right here. You, you this is why you are a threat to democracy. They don't believe in an independent press, free speech. They're most likely to say the president should be able to act unilaterally without any checks from Congress or the courts or the bureaucracy. Now, so so just to stop this as he gets this all wrong, do, does anybody think it's it's the Republican Party who thinks the president should be able to act unilaterally. It's it's Joe Biden who has governed by executive privilege. He, he's governed by 
by writing laws uh, with his own pen and in many cases retracting ones done by previous presidents, right? Um, He's the one that's got a Department of Justice that is prosecuting his political opponents and trying to put them in jail. And yet, listen to this guy. They're also the most strongly white nationalist and white Christian nationalist. And fourth, they are most likely to excuse or justify violence as an acceptable alternative to peaceful public discourse. So, you mentioned. Do do, do you think he could write a book on, I don't know, black urban rage? Did he not watch the BLM protests in the summer of 2020? where they did millions of dollars in damage and, and burned down my 7-Eleven over here, that for God's sake. was the name sake. of social justice, Mark. Oh, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, this is they've got a book out. This is Morning Joe talking about this book called White Rural Rage and the Threat You Pose to Democracy. This is their BS that you're most likely to support violence. Um. And and com- just completely clueless about what's really happened in this country uh, the last eight or ten years, particularly when it comes to the most damage done to federal buildings wasn't January 6th. It was the people that surrounded them and damaged them a- and tried to set them on fire during the BLM protests in 2020. And how many of those people were held accountable or went to jail? Less than a- Less than the number of fingers I've got on one hand. Versus what happened on January 6th. This is the outrage in America. This is what the left is selling. I just want to know who's buying that garbage. Because we're not buying it here. <laughs> it's just uh, dumb is what it is for sure. All right. Coming up, uh, we're going to talk to Missouri State Rep Phil Christofinelli about his plan to recoup some of the expenses from criminals. We're going to be back in just a minute. Fix me something good to eat and make my head a little high, make the whole All day right. mentioned that the uh, Missouri caucus is tomorrow. You can go to the Missouri GOP website to find out more details on exactly where um, you need to go if you if you want to participate in that. Uh, we do have uh, Missouri Representative Phil Christofinelli on the phone right now from District 104. Phil, how are you? Good to be with you, Mark. Where, where are you caucusing tomorrow? I guess... Uh, out in St. Charles County, right? That's right, Francis Howe. Yep, that's going to be fun. Is it? Is it? Uh, you know, I was just maybe you can talk Kim down off the ledge here. She's she's pretty frustrated <laughs> with the with the I'll fact be there that, too. By the way, that we're, that we're still doing a caucus and not uh, having a primary. Yeah, we decided that last year, Mark, because uh, we had the primary, but none of the delegates were associated with that primary. So people were voting, but there was no result, and I didn't think that was right. So at least people understand that they want to have an impact. This is the way to do it. It's the process that we have, and uh, it looks like it's going to be a good day for Donald Trump tomorrow. Yeah, I would imagine. Is there a way to change that back, though, Phil? I mean, could we change it back to and fix the delegate issue? That's right. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm indifferent whether we have a caucus or a primary, but the voters should have a reasonable expectation if they participate that it's going to translate into an actual result. So I'm fine with a primary. I'm fine with a caucus. But voters got to know that what they're doing matters. Yeah, uh, very true. Well, let's talk about your, uh, your bill that you've got pending that would um, require, I guess, St. Louis or any other community if a criminal resides there but ends up in a jail in in St. Charles County. Uh, Tell us about this bill. Sure, Mark. Well, we got a problem in St. Charles, and that is that 40 to 60 percent of our prison population on any given day is from either St. Louis City 
or St. Louis County. They ain't from St. Charles. Uh, and that's costing our county $140 day, dollars a day per person. It's 5 to $7 million a year we're spending to house uh, criminals from St. Louis City and St. Louis County. And let me tell you what happens, Mark. They go commit crimes in their home county. Uh, they're never prosecuted. They're released on bond, uh, you know, days later. Uh, they end up in our county uh, to commit more crimes. And we actually enforce the laws in St. Charles. If you do yeah. a property crime, if you cause violence to another person, you're going to jail. Uh, and, you know, we're having to bear the cost of St. Louis City and St. Louis County refusal to enforce their own laws. And I think that they should have to pay for it. So, so is there precedent for that? I mean, how does that work? Sure, it would be reciprocal, Mark. Uh, and so if there were people in St. Charles County uh, that ended up in, in their county facilities, uh, we would pay the daily rate for that. Uh, there could just be a true up at the end of the month. Uh, and, uh, you know, we would just make the books balance. Wink, 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 nod, nod, right? I mean, I'm sure that happens on occasion, but it's got. I would imagine it to be, from, from surrounding counties, St. Louis County or St. Louis City, it would, it would be pretty one-sided. Well, uh, it's certainly true that I suspect there are far less uh, criminals uh, from St. Charles in the St. Louis City and St. Louis County facility, uh, but that's because we hold people accountable here. I've heard that there's been a pretty steep increase in crime, I guess, over the last number of years, but specifically from COVID when everything shut down in the county and the city and people started coming to St. Charles, like near Main Street, like old St. Charles and streets of St. Charles. There was just a crazy situation with road rage. Two people shooting at each other. One of the bullets went into an apartment at the streets of St. Charles. Is that true that they're seeing a pretty steep increase in crime that's from people not from St. Charles County? Yes, overwhelmingly, the the crimes that are occurring in St. Charles County are not from people who live here. Uh, It did start increasing over COVID, uh, but it's gotten to the point they must have stolen everything that's in St. Louis City right now, and they're they're moving farther west. And so they're breaking into cars, they're breaking into homes, and yes, there's also violent crime that's resulting uh, around these incidents, uh, especially around Main Street. And that's a fantastic historic part of our state. Uh, It's a big uh, draw for tourism. Uh, and we just simply can't afford uh, for people to believe that it's unsafe. Yeah, true. Now, Phil, did I did I see where you just filed for Senate? That's right. I'm running for Senate in eastern St. Charles County. I'm running to replace uh, Bill Eigel. Uh, I look forward to uh, con- continuing his conservative legacy uh, that he brought to our county for eight years as he now runs for governor. Uh, I'm very excited about it. I've represented uh, St. Charles uh, area in the Missouri House for eight years now, and uh, I have the highest conservative voting record, according to the American Conservative Union, of any House member. And so I'm really looking forward to taking that message over to the other side. What's your take on how the Senate leadership has been handled this year? Well, Mark, uh, as a conservative, I I know you're frustrated with what's going on in Jeff City, too. I mean, we've had a Republican supermajority for how long? You know, 20 years. And uh, we don't have a conservative supermajority. And we can't seem to do the very important things that other big conservative states are doing. And so many conservatives like you and I are frustrated with what's happening in Jefferson City, and we want to see results. Uh, and that has re- uh, resulted in some some hard feelings uh, between some of our senators on the other side of the building. So I've actually delivered uh, conservative policy wins in the House. I've passed the first school choice bill in over 20 years uh, in the state of Missouri. Uh, I know how to uh, work with, you know, very dynamic, different points of view in order to advance our cause and our agenda. And that's the style that I'll probably bring over to the other side. Yeah. So I understand IP reform passed out of the Senate and went to the House. Do you have any idea where that stands over there? Are they about to pass a version of it on the House side? 
So it's working its way through the process. I think that we're going to have a stronger bill uh, that comes out of the House than what they were able to put together in the Senate. It'll kick it back over to the other side in the final weeks of session, and uh, they'll have the opportunity to, to send that to the voters. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we wish this would have happened a, a month or two ago. Um, do you see it getting across the finish line? I, I think we will have something on the ballot. Uh, I hope it's a, a version that ultimately uh, the voters will want to pass into law. Uh, but, you know, we're going to have to stick to our guns, make sure that it's crafted appropriately such that people are going to want to vote for it. Right. No, I get that. All right. State Representative Phil Cristofanelli uh, running for Senate. Uh, that's Senate 15, right? That's Senate 23, Eastern Senate 20, St. Charles County. 23. I was thinking of Koenig's seat. Sorry about that. All right. Good. Uh, we appreciate your time, Phil. Thank you. Glad to be on, Mark. Take right. care. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. I, I don't know why I had 15 lodged in my brain. Uh, but Bill Eigel's seat that uh, that he will uh, term out of uh, this year. So anyway, th- we'll, see if it ha- we'll see if it works. I- I'm sorry. I'm still focused on the caucus <laughs> because that's what I want. I want Com- it to go back to the primary. <laughs> Completely distracted down here. Kim, Kim is heated about this this morning for sure. Uh, all right. I'm hoping to get some more information on the caucus in the uh, break here. If I do, I'll bring it to you on the other side of the uh, break. Uh, we're going to get to Ryan Wiggins, host of Wiggins America at about 835. Stay tuned. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. American from Muslim, we cheer for Muslim athletes like Kareem Aljub and 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 Joan Shingang. I'm going to pronounce her Shanga Koawa. Uh, Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wiggins. Oh, Wiggins. Nothing to see here. He's fit as a fiddle, according to his doctor. I got a buddy that every time you he, he mentioned Biden at all, he goes, he goes, he goes, where are you, Jack? Get, stand up, Jackie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, Jackie's oh, not I'm here. I'm sorry, because Jackie, Jackie was dead, Jackie I think. Jackie died, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a little slip up. No big deal. So, so up on the Facebook page, Kim posted this earlier. When you go to the Facebook page, you'll see a blank thing. Just click on it, and it's Joe Biden. They they put his head on a robot. It's that Elon Musk robot, and it kind of shuffles along when it walks because it's afraid of falling. 
And it looks just like the Joe Biden shuffle. At the border when he was trying <laughs> yeah, to walk Yeah, yesterday at the border. <laughs> a robot that's like <laughs> the first robot that could walk. I, I did the Cupid shuffle lyrics on a Word document, and I'm currently trying to replace it with the Biden shuffle. Because oh, if nice. anybody could come up with funny lyrics and a really awesome music video, it is Ryan Wiggins. He's in the room right now. Yeah, oh, we, may have to have, we may have to Are task you up for you the challenge? Uh, no. Okay. No? Well, too <laughs> well, bad I, for you. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you've already told me that I have to do it. So. Would you sing my intro for me? Wait, what's your intro song? <laughs> I Don't Need Love by Sammy Hagar. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. But I was like, is that considered your intro? I didn't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can do my best. Uh, because you've asked me on air, I have to say yes. I know. You have no choice. Yeah, so, okay. We got him where we want him. Yeah. We're what else you need pressuring from him? here. Yeah. <laughs> We're not above that. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, you are, what, what did you find there, uh, Ryan? Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit, bit of a bit here. I okay. have to sneeze really bad. Uh-oh. So I'm going to give you a news report and try not to sneeze. <laughs> okay. And just see how long this lasts. Yeah. Oh. Um, this is something that ha- has not had any attention given to it at all. And it may become nothing, and that's fine. If it is, I would call this distant but existent, a possibility that something big is happening here. Uh, The the headline is that a federal judge has ruled a $1. trillion spending bill passed by Congress in 2022. And I don't remember which spending bill that was. They might have called that one the Inflation Reduction Act. It might have been. I I don't remember. (laughs) I mean, there's been so much spending in 21 and 22 before Republicans got uh, the House back that I don't remember what's what, but part of this $1.7 trillion spending bill has been ruled unconstitutional by a federal judge in Texas. Now, if you've seen the story, it has everything to do with uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton down there in Texas and a Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, but ultimately this isn't about that story because that's what the headline is. The main part of this story is that the federal judge has said, well, I'll just read it. In May 2020, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, a Democrat, helped get a rule in place allowing lawmakers to vote by proxy in response to COVID-19. I remember that, yeah. Okay, so for two years, they were pretty much voting. You didn't have to show up. You were just text voting or whatever. Um, And when Republicans took control of the House in 2022, which I don't think it was till 23 that they actually were seated. They ditched the proxy rule after challenging it in court unsuccessfully. So they immediately, when they took control, they got rid of the fact that you could vote, you know, remotely. Remotely. From your bathtub, basically. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And look, everybody was doing it. I'm not saying it was just Democrats voting remotely, but Republicans said you can't constitutionally do that. And so this judge, Hendricks, said in a 120 page ruling, that for over 200 years leading up to the voting proxy rules adoption, Congress understood that the majority of members of the House or Senate were required to be physically present to have a quorum to pass legislation as stipulated under the Constitution's quorum clause. He's citing the Constitution here. So if, and this is just a little bitty portion of this that Ken Paxton said, this is Texas's responsibility that they have forced on us, so we're going to sue based on this little part. But if this federal judge's ruling is then upheld, because what's going to happen now is the federal government, as in the White House, is going to appeal because it's the federal federal judge saying your, you know, basically Washington's bill here has is is unconstitutional. Are you telling me that if they determined that they were doing this illegally, anything they voted on during that time would be thrown out? 
Mark, you have followed my rabbit trail. Mm-hmm. This is <clears throat> this is potentially potentially a very 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 big story. Oh yeah, but it's now of course I'm looking <clears throat> in and going okay. If that happened, is it just going to get immediately squashed and then it just goes away? Because that's possible. But it depends on which court of appeals they end up taking this up in. And I don't know the law well enough well, to know this. Sounds like it might go to the Supreme Court at well, some that's, point. Well, that's right? the key yeah, is because, yeah. and, I, and I watched and, and was like, okay, what's the history of this? Because Kevin McCarthy, when he became House Speaker, like it said, he immediately <clears throat> changed it, changed yeah. the rules back to what they're supposed to be, that you can't vote by remote. So <clears throat> then he sued. And said this, none of this stuff was supposed to take place. He took it to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court said, we're not touching it. But there was no court precedent at that point. So it was just the, the Speaker of the House saying, I want the Supreme Court yeah. to get involved. And the Supreme Court saying, we can't just get involved in House business. So there's been no court precedent. Now there is. So now there's a court precedent, but it has to work its way through. So it has to go up to the, the uh, Supreme, or not the Supreme Court, the uh, Court of Appeals first, or the circuit courts. And depending on which circuit they go through, and I don't, this is where I don't know, I can't find this information, whether they go through the Fifth Circuit, which would be the Texas area, or the D.C. Ter- circuit, which was the Fourth Circuit, I don't know which one they'll do. My guess is that the federal government would rather go through the Fourth Circuit My guess. because the Fifth is very conservative. But if it does have to go through, and either way, I mean, it, it could go through the Fourth or the Fifth, and we don't know exactly how they would decide this. But either way, it seems like it's probably headed eventually now to the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court could potentially say, you broke the rules of the U.S. Constitution for two years, and everything you passed has to be revoted on. I don't even know. I mean, it would be I'm just trying to think of, like, what would have been big during that time frame that would then potentially have to go this route again. Imagine... The possibility. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. I mean, I know it wouldn't include (laughs) Obamacare, which is what she was talking about there. But think of all of the garbage they forced through. And if they were making appropriations bills and spending, would they have to go back? That'd be a nightmare. They'd have to go back and claw some of that back. It would be crazy, which which to me indicates that the Supreme Court would be really reluctant to overrule that but it's already been overruled now. yeah thank you so yeah. it so they it, it's it's kind of like well okay now what happens because uh if the circuit it's it, especially if the circuit court says yeah we agree now you're talking about a big deal but either way it's I, probably going to end up at the supreme court i think like the american recovery act and a lot of that garbage that they forced through on a party line vote what 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 will tish do if she's told by the federal government hey that money you're about to give away to your constituents, we need that back. Yeah, they yeah. were talking about giving that to some of these minority groups, I think, as like payment. Like they yeah. want to reinvest yeah. millions of dollars in North City Well, it's with that money. Ar- I, you're talking about ARPA, right? ARPA, ARPA yeah. funds. American yeah. Recovery. I mean, most of what you, where your mind goes, Mark, for two years, it was mostly spending bills that they were yes. passing. And they were allocated to ridiculous causes. A lot of it was still COVID stuff. Yeah. So I, I don't know that you're talking about major laws that would be overturned. Because you remember, they tried to pass the Freedom to Vote Act. That's what they called it. They were going to change the way elections were done in the United States. They didn't do it because of basically Joe Manchin. Uh, but they were trying to pass some really big radical reform. They weren't able to, but they did a lot of big spending. They did. So that's why spending. I think maybe the Supreme Court actually would say, 
Because the Supreme Court's going to be reluctant to just overturn laws. I right. haven't seen that reported anywhere else. I mean, I saw the story that a judge had overturned some something in Texas, but yeah. I just didn't logically think it through to what that impact should be. That That's potentially huge. It is potentially. <laughs> again, I, as yeah. I started the segment, it's it's distant but existent. Distant, you know? Just like all the things that were, that were in the name of COVID, right? Because voting by proxy was because of the COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. Everyone was panicked about spreading. And just all this stuff that they were able to get away with in the name of COVID and protecting people. Yeah. Plus yeah. packing uh, ballot boxes, too. <laughs> pack, and packing Changing. the court. Yeah, pack, I mean, yeah. They, this yeah, isn't yeah, stuff yeah. that necessarily they did, but they were, I mean, you give Democrats the White House and Congress in what, maybe a couple years, four years, five years, eight years. That's the stuff they're going to do. Yes. They've, they've shown their hand. Mm. So this story aside, I, I mean, this could be potentially pretty big for what happened during those two years, but it makes me recall all the stuff they were trying to pass that they didn't get passed, that makes me go, oh my gosh, what are they going to do next time they get power? That's a good point. Ryan Wiggins, good good stuff, my friend. Thank you. You can hear more things like that on Wiggins America this weekend, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, 6 to 8 on Saturday, 5 to 7 on Sundays, leading up to the Heidi Harris Show right here on 97.1 FM Talk. We're going to get to a quick break here. we got what's on the web, and we're going to talk about our friends at St. Jude coming up. Stay tuned. on the web. web brought to you by Anna. All right, our uh, digital producer Anna Bowman in studio right now taking a look at what we got posted up there for you at 971talk.com. What's going on? Yes, so this story is just cracking me up. There's a 36-year-old woman who was involved in a car accident 7 years ago. She was rear-ended and filed a personal injury lawsuit for $825,000 claiming she was left disabled with back pain, neck pain, all of which prevented her from working for more than 5 years. And now a photo is resurfacing from a newspaper in her town that was less than a year after the crash, showing her participating in a Christmas tree throwing contest. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How stupid She's are you? She's literally, like, heaving the tree. Like, you know, insurance company um, investigators probably live for pictures like that. Oh, I'm sure. And <laughs> she tried to explain it, being like, I was in excruciating pain doing this. But It the, hurt to throw the, the tree. The judge didn't buy it, and they threw out her entire case. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she lost $800,000 from throwing yes. Evergreen. Yes. Oh, my Apparently gosh. it was that important. So. I mean, so she like that's like getting out of the car in the handicapped spot where you're not supposed to be parked and trying to limp. Then yeah. you forget which leg you were trying to limp on. Yeah, exactly. As you head in the door. I mean, they sound like you got people get away with, with this. No, no, yeah, I guess I've watched it. Personal. I've watched it happen, so I know. Um, and then another just quick story. The best foods for your mental health are carrots, bananas, apples, leafy greens, and citrus fruits. So what about chocolate chip oatmeal cookies? Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not on the list. What you about know, a shit. marble donut? <laughs> Um, yeah, oh my gosh. That's all the list of my guy. We were saved this Who week knew? by Grillmaster Tony. I, I was know. saved by Grillmaster Tony. I, I'm, I hear my wife have a conversation, and then she goes, well, we all need to eat more vegetables. Mark doesn't. Mark hadn't had a vegetable in weeks, and I'm like, that is wrong. Because when Grillmaster Tony was here this week, I had carrots mm. and you, cabbage. You go, Mark. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that you don't eat vegetables because I don't either, and what? I always feel bad saying it. Neither does Carl. What is uh, is this like a guy I don't thing? Really Ethan, either. is this a guy thing? What Look is at me, this? I eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why do you guys not eat vegetables? I just don't go out of the way to do it. Like if I'm at a restaurant, I'll have a salad, right? I bet I don't usually make one at home. Um, we might 
cook some green beans or something if we're depending on what meal we're having at home. But I just don't go out of the way to do it. I don't know why. I just don't think about it. He just he just described me to a T. I'll, yeah, I'll eat a salad if I'm at a restaurant, but I'm not making a salad at home. Yeah. Plus, I didn't. My ancestors didn't climb to the top of the food chain to eat the food that my food eats. <laughs> Mine did actually. They're from Kentucky. Wow. Oh, did they? oh, yours too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, that's true. So anyway, no, I just joke. I, I do. I don't dislike vegetables. I just don't. They Carl, just don't find themselves Carl on my plate very dislikes often. Dislikes veg, will not eat any of them. Will not eat cheese. Like the pickiest guy <laughs> ever. And he's Carl not even here thing. to defend no. himself. Root vegetables so. are fine, well, but that includes potatoes, which are not really vegetables. But carrots, like you said, yeah, I'll eat. I'll eat a carrot. Yeah. Well, I tell you, right now I'm I'm I've taken a bite out of a Chick Fil A chicken sandwich, which was <laughs> brought in because we're doing a radiothon here at the at the radio group this morning. Uh, and Linda Robinson is with us from St. Jude. Nice enough to bring the food in. Thank you. You're welcome. You know Thank how you all. You know how to get into the hearts of radio people, don't you? <laughs> yeah, break Chick-fil-A. And I brought donuts today, so make sure you get some. Wow. Nice. Well, hey, th- thanks for all that you guys do. Tell, tell us what you're trying to do for St. Jude. So for the past two days, yesterday and today, St. Jude Radiothon is trying to get awareness out to the community about becoming a partner in HOPE where you donate $19 or more a month to um, help St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital to save lives, to ensure that our children who are there are being taken care of, but most of all that the parents do not have to worry about anything. When I yes. mean anything, that's transportation, housing, food, whatever it is. They don't They don't have to worry. I, of, of all of the promos that we run we're we all we're all kind of captive to them because we listen to them on the radio here all the time over and over and over again the one for saint jude is the most powerful because you hear the people who are donors right they talk about how important their donors are the the people that are donors saying i i love it because i know my money is going to help a kid who a family who might not otherwise be able to afford some of these life-saving treatments exactly the impact of your donation is so needed and so appreciated and every time i meet someone and say oh i'm already a donor it's like i just want to hug them (laughs) you know seriously because they you you all are saving lives um some people are making sacrifices because i know a lot of people can't do the 19 dollars a month but they're making sacrifices Mm -hmm. and just like i was telling um everyone else i have always given during the radiothon i did i was that one timer okay i became um a team member at saint jude and now it's like i see why Partners of Hope are important. Where do people go to donate? How can they do it? So if you want to donate, you can call the 1-800 number, which is 1-800-411-9898. Or we got text this year. You can text St. STL Cares to 626-262. And, of course, you always can visit the website at www.stjude.org backslash radio backslash WFUN. Yeah, I'm guessing uh, that that uh, people will be able to find it because they're they're always trying to get people to contribute at St. Jude, and it's such a great cause. Linda Robinson, thank you for coming in this morning. Thank you so much. Have a good day, everyone. We, we appreciate you, and we appreciate all that you're doing. Thanks for thanks for everything. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Brian Kilmeade is going to be up next here in just a couple of minutes. We'll get to to the Annie Fry Show, the Mark Reardon Show later this afternoon. Have a great Friday. We'll see you back here Monday morning, 5 a.m. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.